You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Church, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this week. I want to do that right off the bat. It's been a great time being with you. I literally, I don't mean this just by throwing words out, I actually felt like I was part of the church family. And that don't happen everywhere. So thank you for uh, allowing us to feel that way and, and uh, uh, to be able to spend some time with some of you and speak with you and talk to you. And, and, uh, and if I've told you anything that you didn't agree with, you can see your preacher because he told me how to do it. Amen. Preacher, thank you for inviting us. And uh, I don't take that lightly ever. Having pastored all those years, uh, brought somebody in. I wanted uh, God to use them in their own way as God had called them. But, uh, you know, I learned you don't take those things for granted. Not when you've got somebody else's people before you. And so I appreciate that more than you know. And I look forward to being a blessing again tonight. Wasn't Brother Angel a blessing? I love to hear that man of God preach. You know, what I don't like about these two, your pastor and him, is he is skinny as rail. And... Brother Angel's nine foot tall. So I'm short and fat, and i got to live with that. But anyway, take your Bible, 2 Samuel chapter 12, and stand with me, please, as we read the Word of God together. And uh, thank you for entrusting your people to me, preacher. Again, like I said, I don't take that for granted. Thank you for the big basket uh, in the room. It's gone now. I didn't eat the basket. I brought that back. Thanks for the meals, eating in your homes, that's been a blessing. Of course, about 10 o'clock at night, somebody my age, you know, all of them, are, all the young people are talking, the kids are running around, I'm going <laughs> like this. But they've been good about watching me. And they'll say something like, Brother Audie, are you ready to go? <laughs> I am ready to go. And I'm going back home to see my wife tomorrow morning. Amen? Yeah, yeah. I'll be back home here soon, honey. You'll be complete then, all right? Second Samuel chapter 12. You'll know the story. It's well known. The Bible said, The Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him. But took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, don't miss this now, thou art the man, he's speaking to David, the king. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives and into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah, and 
if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house. Hear that well, listen. Because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. And I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor. And, shall lie with thy, and they shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou didst it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. Look up here real carefully. I want you to listen carefully. What I'm going to preach on tonight, I, I don't know that I can get it all out, but I think you'll get the, the crux of it right off the bat pretty much. David was a great king, chosen by God himself through the prophet Samuel. No doubt about that. We all know that. But David messed up horribly. And if David can mess up, guess what? You and I can mess up. And David had made a, a lot of decisions for the Lord along the way. And, and the Lord held him to every one of those. We'll see some of that in just a moment. If you've made a decision for the Lord, or if you've asked the Lord to forgive you of your sin, He holds you accountable to all this. And He holds you accountable to anything that you might have surrendered to. You say, well, I didn't mean it. Well, undoubtedly you did when you said it. And God will hold you to that. And I don't know about you. I don't mind being held uh, accountable especially to my Lord, because what's he going to do? He's going to turn that thing around and bless and help and grow us up and strengthen us. And isn't that what revival is all about? It's to get right with God and grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and, and just to perform that which he has given to us. I didn't see very many hands go up. I've seen a few go up about decisions that you made this week. I don't know how in the world we can get through a week like this preacher without making some form of a decision. God spoke to us in many, many ways. Even through just reading the Word of God, there were things that just stood out uh, when I heard it read this week. And God's going to hold us accountable. He's going to hold you accountable. going to hold me accountable. Well, how old you got to be to be held accountable? If you made a decision, you're old enough. He's going to hold you accountable. How many of you say, say Amen. You know, he holds you accountable for your salvation. And that salvation, you and I are to serve and be faithful and whatever else that he brings our way and speaks to us about and we surrender to or we decide that that's what God wants us to do, he's going to hold us accountable with that. Having said that, I want to preach on this subject. Maybe you've heard a message or two on it, but I want you to hear me seriously. You have a good thing going here, folks. And I mean that, I mean that strongly. I sense it in your spirit, sense it in your preacher's spirit, no doubt. And uh, listening to him, my goodness, I mean, the Taj Mahal or whatever be built on this property. And that's good. Good to have aspirations like that. But I want you to understand there's somebody that don't want any of it. And we all know him as Satan, don't we? But in our story today, he's going to be called the Traveler. And I want you to hear it well in Jesus' name today. Okay, Father, we love you again. Bless as only you can, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. 
2 Samuel chapter 12 and reading the verses that we read through here and uh, I, I listen to me carefully. We're reading a true story. In these verses and other verses that we'll uh, read in just a few moments, these are verses that are true in nature. They're not just a story to tell you and I or to get our attention. The verses that we will read, these, these truths that God has given to us tonight, and we'll see some of them in a moment, will reveal, listen, are not just some illustrative story. They are life for those involved. It's a true story involving several people. True story also reveals the outcome and the terrible effects on an entire family, and we mentioned it already, that's David's family. In these verses, we quickly learn that Numbers 32, 23, back, will not go there, but it's true, and you'll remember when I quoted here, be sure your sin will find you out. David, that great king, chosen by Samuel and God leading him to do that, and yet David, that great king, was able to sin in a great way. A parallel passage of Scripture is found in the New Testament, but uh, book of Matthew, uh, chapter 10, verse 26, and declares this truth. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered uh, that shall not be revealed and hid uh, that shall not be known. God knows everything. He knows the decisions that were made this week, but more than that, He knows the very inward part of your life. You understand, well, I think we mentioned this week, we may mention it again tonight, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost are in us. You think maybe the Lord knows what's going on here? He knows what's going on in our heart, in our life, our thought pattern, all of that. He knows whether we read our Bible, whether we go soul winning, all the other things that we hear preaching about and teaching about, and I'm glad that He does. And I'll tell you why, because that Holy Spirit of God convicts my heart and said, you need to get better at that. You need to read your Bible more consistently or whatever it might be. And I'm glad that the Holy Spirit of God's there to protect us, by the way. God knows everything, good or bad, right or wrong, sinful or righteous. In our opening text here, we see that truth. It's a reference to Nathan, who was a prophet of God. Look at chapter 7 again. Look at verse number 2. Or back to chapter 7, if you will. And look at verse number uh, 2. The Bible said there that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth uh, uh, within curtains. So we know that Nathan's part of the program here as we get into this uh, in the very shallow part of it right now. It's a reference to Nathan who was a prophet called uh, there in chapter 7 verse 2. And he's a preacher, a preacher in that day. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 12, and if you'll go back over there for a moment, I want you to look at verse 1 and 2 quickly. Let me just read these to you and get started here. 2 Samuel chapter 12, the Bible said, The Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in, the, in, in, the, in one city. The one rich, that's King David by the way, the other poor, and that would be Uriah the Hittite that we'll talk about in just a moment. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat, drank of his own cup, lay in, the, in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. We're talking about Nathan and King David here. And listen to me carefully. There's another person that we'll look at here. Let me read just a little bit farther. 
Verse number 4 said, And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled, listen, against the man. And he said to Nathan, the prophet here, the preacher, he said, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. Verse 6, And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, don't miss this, the preacher, the man of God, Nathan said to Davis, thou, David, thou art the man. So David is looking for some terrible individual that's done this, and it comes back to David, the man of God, the preacher, is standing there and, and revealing that, okay, I found him, and it's you. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. God's in the finding business, and, and when you get into preaching services, he finds you pretty quickly. And he's not talking to your neighbor, he's talking to you. He's not even talking to your wife or your husband or your mother or your dad, he's talking to you. And he will hold you completely accountable. So having said that, before I go any farther, if you made decisions this week, even if you call them minor or minute decisions, small decisions, God's going to hold you and I accountable. I made a couple this week that I needed to make, and, and God's going to hold me accountable, but He's not going to hold me accountable on your behalf. He's going to hold you accountable individually and me accountable. He held David accountable for his own sin. Then, if you will, the rich man that's mentioned in this, in this story here, uh, 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 about the little ewe lamb, and the little ewe lamb was a female, no doubt, but the rich man is King David, the young lad who was chosen of God, anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel. The same young man who, with God's help, <clears throat> you'll know the story, and with his own bare hands, you remember, slew a bear and a lion out in the wild. And oh, by the way, I think he killed a giant called Goliath, if everybody remember that. I mean, he was a great man. And this is also the same young man, king of all Israel, that God had uh, 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 told, if you will, King David, to build him, prepare to build him a house that God could dwell in. By the way, David not got, never got an opportunity to build that house. Solomon, his son, did. Do you realize that David was not allowed to build the great house of God just for what little bit we've talked about now, what God held him accountable for? So before you make some great mistake or decide you're not going to follow through with a decision that you've made, be really careful about that. Because God's going to hold you completely accountable for what He chose you for, what He called you for, what He has convicted you about in your own walk with God. And all, by the way, even though there's something we're all supposed to read the Bible, we're all supposed to go soul winning, we're all supposed to have a separated life, but God speaks to us individually and holds us completely accountable for that. This young married man in our story here is Uriah the Hittite. Man of integrity. Listen to me carefully. Can't read the whole story. Just stay with me. You can go back and read it tonight. You've got the chapters here that we just talked about. But young married man one of honor, one of integrity, one of David's soldiers, an upright 
servant of God, who was a servant to the rich man David. He was a man of valor. He was a man of loyalty and a man of love, listen, for David, for his leader. He was also a father and a husband. His name, of course, Uriah, as we talked about. Guess what? He was the husband of Bathsheba. Are you all with me? Say with me. Back there, we go back, we read again, verse 3, we find the little ewe lamb is speaking of Bathsheba. She was, according to our text, and you can read farther in it for yourself, she was loved. We read it a moment ago. She was cared for. She was nourished up. She was looked after. She was a prize, if you will. By the way, my wife, you're a prize, dear. I want sugars when I get home. Look at 2 Samuel chapter number 11. 2 Samuel chapter number 11, verse number 1. It came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. I know you're familiar with the story. And it came to pass in evening time that David rose off his bed and he walked upon the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came into him, unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. Look up here. It don't take but one little sin to cause it to snowball. You know the story, so I won't belabor the story too much longer. David stayed at home when he should have been at battle. When he should have been leading his own men, he stayed at home. Now, I don't know this for sure, preacher, but I have a feeling because undoubtedly the, 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 the Bathsheba's uh, home or whatever it was there was pretty close to, the, to the, where he where he. Uh, was saying himself. So he looked over. I have a feeling he'd already knew she would bathe out there. Excuse me, children, but she would bathe out there nude. And by the way, men, women, we're no stronger than David, no doubt. And if you ain't careful, things can kind of get a hold of you and pull you right into it in a hurry. And so here David hanging over the balcony up there watching a woman bathe in the nude. Are y'all with me? And what he did is he forgot about all of those things that he had promised God, all those things that God had promised him, they just went away. The next thing you know, he's got a man of God telling him, David, it's not anybody else, it's you. You're the one God's concerned about here. But it's Paul Harvey. Anybody remember who Paul Harvey is? Raise your hand, please. I knew there wasn't a lot of you, but as Paul Harvey would say, He set his story up kind of like I've been just running on here for a minute, but the rest of the story. So what is the rest of the story, preacher? Well, in chapter 12, again, look at it, verse number 4. Chapter 12, verse number 4. The Bible said, There came a traveler unto the rich man. That's David. 
spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. He said, well, I thought it was David. Hang on, we're not there yet. And David's anger was greatly kindled against that man. He didn't even know who it was at first. And he said to Nathan, the preacher said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing, shall, or, or David said to Nathan, shall, shall die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. I mean, David was somewhat upset. He didn't even understand his own sin. Now watch. And Nathan said to David, the preacher said to David, Thou art the man. You're the one who did this. And hear me well. The problem here is the little ewe lamb did not belong to David. It did not belong, listen to me, to the rich man. It wasn't David's, if you will, to call to his, his, his palace. It wasn't David's right to do so. And not only that, it wasn't his to give away to the traveler who came his way. The little ewe lamb belonged to the poor man. That would be Uriah the Hittite on the front battlefield. The husband, Uriah. Now listen carefully. Don't miss what I'm about to say. The traveler that we read about a moment ago, which was not identified by name, I figured out who he is. He's the devil himself. Did you all hear what I said? David, God's man, chosen by God through the prophet Samuel to be the next king and the leader of, of, of the Jewish people, and yet he was succumbed to lust. He had no, he, listen, he didn't think about what God had talked to him about, what God had warned him about. He didn't think about what God had done for him. And listen to me. Because he wasn't living like he should be living. In the palace, king, leading everybody else, wasn't living like he should be living. Hey, dad, hey, mom, we got to be careful how we live. I'm going to get up here and preach about everything tonight, but I got news for you. There's some stuff on television that we ought not be looking at. Okay? And, and I don't want to get in here and talk about soap operas, but I'll throw it in there. I don't even know if they even have such things anymore. Don't look at me cross-eyed out there. I've had marriages get in trouble over stuff like that in my church. And gentlemen, my God, my God gave me a great wife. And I love her, and she's beautiful, and she's older. Uh, it's good. It's all right. I'm older than you, but we're older. And I love her. You think for one minute I want to go out and hang over a balcony and watch a woman bathe in the nude so that I can destroy my family? No! And I don't believe David did. David just succumbed to the flesh just like you and I can. But here's the problem. David wasn't keeping the, the uh, uh, responsibility and accountability to God even prior to that. So it got him in trouble. He began to slip, even as the king of Israel. The little ewe lamb that belonged to Uriah the Hittite was brought in, and David lay with her, and they had a child, and you know the child died. Wasn't a good thing. But the traveler thought, listen, though he wasn't identified and couldn't find a name for him, I remember years ago hearing the preacher say, well, that's got to be the devil himself. And you know what? That's exactly who it is. Now, just stop right there for a moment. 
The devil is always traveling around taking what's not his. Seeking whom he may devour, the Bible says. And you know he works on, yes, he works on lost people. He don't want them to get saved, but he works on God's people. He works on God's people to convince them to give, give him uh, what we ought to be given, the Lord Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're saved, you belong to God. I belong to God. We all belong to God. And all that God's ever done in our life belongs to God. It's not ours. It's not yours. It's not ours to give away. It's not yours to give away. If we're going to give our life away, it's to the Lord Jesus Christ, period. Thank God we can't give away our salvation. Because I believe there's many Christians who probably would end up giving that away before too long. The devil's been around here all week long. You know how I know that? Your preacher asked for people who had made decisions, and there were a few of you that raised your hand up. But my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm nobody. I'm not a good preacher, but I can tell you one thing. I heard some good preaching about a brother angel this week. And I mean, I had to get right. We got to be careful. We don't get so hardened to the gospel, to the calling of God like David did, that we sin openly and freely and not even recognize it. And David did not recognize it until he had a man of God stand up and say, You're the man. You're the one who brought this on yourself. Well, I know somebody else got kind of caught up in that. Take your Bible, if you will, go over to the New Testament. And look with me to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Well, I'm glad God gave us a Bible. Amen. I still had to kind of go to the index up there and find out where I need to go. But by the way, I never had to do that for years till I got older. You old people forget anything? Yeah, I do too. Look here. Luke chapter 22. Look at verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Hmm. By the way, I don't know about you, but before you can get uh, 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 wheat sifted, you got to cut it down, you got to thrash it, you got to pulverize it before it ever gets to that place. And what he's saying is that's what the devil wants to do to your life like he did to Peter's life. Watch it now. He said here that he may sift you as wheat, and he goes on to say verse 32, but I have prayed. Boy, aren't you glad God prays? He said, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He said unto him, watch, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. I think all of us remember reading that from time to time in our Bible. Verse 34, he said, Jesus said to him, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt have deny, uh, thrice denied that thou knowest me. Peter, look up. I don't know, every time I read that story, it just boggles my mind. Peter, the apostle Peter, the one who had to answer that love question we talked about at the beginning of the week and get his life right with God and settle that love question so that Jesus could see he was real and hand him the keys to the church, if you will, and he preached that day of Pentecost and nearly 3,000 people got saved and baptized and all of that. He had to get to a place where he was back with Jesus Christ totally and completely. 
You say, well, how do you know he's sin? Well, I think the Lord said, you'll deny me before the cock crowed. Y'all remember that story? Without going back and reading it all, did the cock crow? Did he deny the Lord? Peter! So don't tell me we don't deny the Lord. Don't tell me that we, we forget the, the promises we've made to God. And aren't you glad God's a loving God? I don't have time to go through the whole story, but if you'll read the story about this, about uh, 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 Peter and, and the Lord there, the Bible said the Lord turned and looked on Peter. I've always loved that expression. I looked it up. I studied that thing. You ever had your mom look at you? Boy, when she looks at you and she's trying to get your attention, you feel like you're bleeding whether you are or not. Now with daddy, you are bleeding because he gets the belt out and wears you out. <clears throat> Amen. Read your story, you'll find out what Jesus did. He didn't scold him. He didn't make a scene out of it. He didn't portray him or put him out in front of everybody and say, oh, don't you see what Peter did? They didn't have to. And here's what he did. The Lord turned and he looked on Peter. I'd like to think he turned and looked on him with compassion. Come on. And I'm an old-fashioned fundamental Baptist preacher. If I'd have turned and said, well, you sorry, no good for nothing, rascal. But the Lord didn't. Isn't God good? By the way, even though King David messed up, even though he did not get to build the house of God, if you'll read the story, you'll find out he supplied everything needed to build that house. God's a graceful God. He's a forgiving God. So he allowed David to put all the materials together for his son to build that great temple, and it went up, and, and David had a part in that, but he lost a lot of other things along the way. He lost the prestige he had. He, he, he lost that, that witness that he had that was so strong. And all because he did not follow through with the decisions that he had made earlier. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. Look down at verse 8. You know it well. You've got it underlined. I'm sure if not, you need to. The Bible said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, listen to it, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. If you made a decision this week, the devil's going to follow you everywhere he can follow you so that you'll not follow through with the decisions you made. Back in Texas, out south of Texas, there is a play out there called the Passion Play. There's also one in, in uh, uh, Arkansas, whatever, two or three of them out there, but this is the one I had been to as well. And I was at this, it was called, called the Passion Play, and, uh, uh, and it's at Glen Rose. I was trying to figure out where it was. Glen Rose, Texas. Anybody ever been there? You'll remember this then. So there's going through the, the, the passion play there and all the things. And you know what's amazing to me? While they're doing that, Peter was one of the main characters. And I'll never forget it. My wife went like that to me. Peter was going across the, uh, there it's out in the open, but coming across here like this, and there was somebody following him. And then he'd go like this, and that's, that, that somebody was still following him. You know who that was? That's the devil following him. I said that to tell you this. That's Peter. That's David. You're you. 
And I promise you, when you come to church this week, that devil followed you everywhere you went. That doesn't mean you gave in to him. I'm not implying that. But if you're not careful, you're no bigger than David. You're no bigger than Peter. Hello. And if you're not careful, that decision that you made for the Lord, and by the way, even if you follow through, but not with all of your heart as you did when you made that decision, that devil knows that as well. That's an amazing thing that, that the devil can actually find that out and follow us to the end, if you will. But I know a man who didn't give up. I know a man who didn't give in. And I know a man who didn't give out, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. He did everything the Father sent him to do. He said, well, he's God in the flesh. I understand that, but he could have made a different choice. He said, well, I don't believe that. I believe in the sovereignty of God. Well, you believe what you want. But I understand this. Listen to me. Listen to me. I want to be sure that when I make a decision, and many times we make a snap decision. You know that. But I don't want to make a decision I cannot follow. Because all I'm doing is, is being a failure to myself. And, and, and the thing about that is, is it discourages me and I don't want that. But if you made a decision this week, God is really happy about that. For him, I'm talking about for him. He's really happy about that. But the devil hates it. He'll do everything he can to take it from you. I can't tell you how many marriages I've seen bust up because Satan got into it. Because daddy quit going soul winning. Or mama quit working in the church anymore. Or the kids get out and get away because mom and daddy have let up a little bit. and They're not on the battlefront, if you will, like David should have been. They're not where they need to be. And all of a sudden you've got a busted family and you're out trying to visit with them and trying to pray with them and trying to get them back in and get them to uh, uh, confess their sins. And, you know, God still says confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Amen. And the thing is, ladies, we need more people in the church than we do out of the church. You th I know you know that. But I'm telling you, it's real. Beware of the traveler. The traveler came and took everything he could take away from David. It affected his entire family. His daughter Tamar was raped by her own brother. You know the story. Every bit of that. That was David, the king chosen by God. Because one night he got, one night, he got beside himself and inside himself and there he was over the banister there watching that woman bathe in the nude. And next thing you know, he rings her up. And I'll stop right there. I don't want to go any farther with that other than to say they had a child and that child died. I think maybe that might have been some judgment of his sin. And you know, we always get on David, and David was a king, and David couldn't bring people in, and, and they have to come, I suppose. But how do you think that woman felt? How do you think that mama felt? And all because one so-called godly king, because of lust and a weak time in his life, 
didn't destroy a nation, but he brought so much harm to the nation, to the kingdom, to the individual homes there. And every bit of that because he let the traveler in. The traveler is Satan. And I won't know, I don't know your life. I'm not trying to, I, I, I'm just telling you, I, I, hear me. I wished I knew the, the I wish I could, I, I wished I knew the decision you made, but I don't. And I, I, I couldn't get them from you if I wanted to. But God does. And the Lord does. Jesus does. And the Holy Spirit does. And Satan does. As soon as you walk out of here tonight, you're going to walk out of here wondering where he's at. And he's not your brother. He's not your sister. Well, maybe. He's not your, listen, he's not your mom. He's not your dad. Even though they might not be living right whatever. No, it's just Satan himself. It's just old Slewfoot himself. And he's going to follow you until he can get you or destroy you. And so you're going to have to stay up on your decision. Through confession of sin, through praying, through reading your Bible, through following through. Because that's the only way you're going to make it. I could go and tell you story after story of people in the Bible. And I know you're sitting there. If you read your Bible, you've done thought of some other people. But to the devil, the most diabolical deceiver in all of religion of any kind, he's a liar, the Bible says, and the father of it. Don't think for a moment that the devil doesn't know that Bathsheba was bathing that night. He knew that. I'm thinking tonight that the devil, the traveler, probably told David something like this. Listen to me carefully. I'm almost done tonight. This is where I'm headed. You've had a great week. A lot of preaching. A lot of singing. But I believe the devil told David something like this in his own spirit. He said, David, you've done your part. And then some. You've been faithful all these years. You've won some great victories. You've fought the good fight of faith, if you will, long enough. Let someone else go to the front lines of battle. Let someone else do it for a while. After all, you're not getting any younger. You're tired. You're old. Let somebody else fill your place of service that you ought to be in. Stay home just this one time. By the way, just one time that I know of in the Bible, that's all it covers that one time. Said, so God will understand. <laughs> Boy, don't we justify a lot of things? I mean, Bonanza's on tonight. God will understand. I remember years ago, Bonanza came on Sunday nights. I don't know if any of y'all remember that or even watched Bonanza. Anybody watch Bonanza? Thank you. That's a good Western. If you'll listen to this preacher tonight, God will help you to avoid those traps and snares of the traveler and avoid, avoid unnecessary tragedies and consequences in your family, in your own personal life. You see, the devil knows that if he can get you to stay away from church or stay at home, just one service. That's all David did, just one time. Just one service. He's got you. Now, not everybody. It may take twice. 
If he, can say, if he can get you to stay away from church activities, which I think is a strengthening point for any local church to be able to come and be, be involved. If he can get you to stay home from Sunday school because you get enough preaching in the AM and PM services. And then if he can get you to stay home from the preaching services next or a prayer meeting or uh, get you to uh, hold up on your Bible reading and we can go on and on and on. Get you to not be as concerned about soul winning as you used to be. Then he can get you to fall into a trap as well. I don't know about you, but I got enough things going on in my life. I don't need the devil following me around. I don't need to try uh, to defeat him. You can't do it without the power of God anyways. And I certainly don't want to fail God. David repented. Boy, you can go read Psalm 51. And boy, what a great repentant psalm that is. And I believe he was sincere. God accepted it, if you will. But there in Psalm 51, when he repented, listen to me, his leadership, his house, his children ended up in a mess. Is it worth that? His future ended up in a mess. And I chose David tonight because he is a premier godly man, if you will, in the Bible. One of them anyways. David was never the same. Ever. Ever again. I can't tell you how many men, women, Teenagers, for that matter, over the years in the ministry that I've seen, uh, 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 they allowed Satan in through so many avenues, but destroyed their lives. I was telling you a preacher about a preacher friend that uh, I knew years ago, and, and uh, he became a Marine. He went to Vietnam, and, and uh, he, he had his legs were uh, stepped on a landmine. He asked the sergeant if he could go and take lead, and he said, yeah, go ahead took lead and he hadn't gone 30 yards, 20 yards, whatever it was, and, and stepped on a landmine that blew his legs all to pieces. Preacher's son. Preacher's son. You know the old saying, he got tired of daddy telling him to shave or do all that, so he joined the Marines. But listen to me. He let him take lead that day. Big tough Marine. He went that few yards and all of a sudden, kaboom! Woke him up. No more legs. His daddy was a Southern Baptist preacher in Oklahoma. He said, I got tired of my daddy telling me what I couldn't do, what I should do. And then he joined rain, like I said, that was stupid. But anyways, he did. Legs were blown off. Years later, I got to hear him preach. In fact, I had him in my church, and he was in a wheelchair, and he had nothing but the nubs, and he'd sit in that wheelchair. And by the way, he didn't want any help. I'll never forget going out, and he had that travel thing he was in, riding around in, and had a flat, and I went out and tried to help him change the tire, and he said, no, don't do it on his own. But he used to tell his daddy, I was tired of hearing all this, and I don't want to hear anymore, and blah, 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 and so he just went his own way. So he preached a message. Hear me. He preached the message. I shared it with you today. He preached the message later on. He says, I got what I wanted, but I lost what I had. He was a track star in Oklahoma. And not only a track star, but some of the records that he set are still records today. And so when that all happened, he come back, he surrendered to the ministry, he got his training. 
And God used him in a, a miraculous way after that. But look what it took. And by the way, it affected his family. Certainly affected his mom and daddy when he decided to go a different direction. And I got news for you. Look up here. I ain't any better than that guy. I got legs, but that's about it. It affected his entire family. I don't have time to tell you what happened to his kids. But it was too late. He had already done the things he'd done. He couldn't get it back. David repented of his sin. But his leadership, his home, his children were a mess. Couldn't change that back ever again before he died and God called him home. It robbed him, robbed David of all of his prestige. It robbed David of all of his power and effectiveness. It robbed uh, 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 King David of his positions, if you will, and authority. It robbed uh, uh, David of his parentage, of his own children. It robbed David of his own, uh, uh, potential to do much of anything, even though he did help his son build the temple. And then this is probably the worst. It robbed him of his persuasion to be able to bring others under the fellowship and the love of God. And no doubt you've seen people over the years that served God and faithful to God and all of a sudden they messed up. And it affects you. And, and you no doubt the Lord tarries to come, you're going to see some more of it along the way. But it doesn't mean that you and I have to repeat what they've done. And the thing about it, ladies and gentlemen, when we make decisions like you made this week, be careful. Because the traveler is traveling around. He's following you everywhere you go. And whether you're strong in the faith, weak in the faith, in between, whatever, his whole desire is to have you and sift you as wheat. Like he did Peter. Don't let that happen. Take the decision you made, and even though you made, you didn't make them public. Take the decision you made. Put them under the blood of the Lord Jesus. Seek His face. Seek His will. Follow through. Get counsel. I don't care what age you are. Get counsel. And let it become a victory. And not another testimony. To say, well, brother so-and-so or so-and-so or their kids or whatever and that happens but I don't know about you I've got all them grandkids at home and I got two granddaughters sitting getting married and they're going to come around with great grandkids sooner or later and, and all that other stuff and it'll cost me more money and all that but you know what I, I listen I, I want to guard this thing because I want my grandchildren great-grandchildren to know that there is somebody in the family that made it Somebody in the family that guarded their life. Because the devil wants to destroy everybody in here. I don't care who you are. But he can't get me. You're the one he's going to be after the most. Because that's pride. But when you leave here tonight, think back on the last few days. Think back on the services you just had before you had this meeting. Think back on what God's doing here. There's no room for failure here. There, there, there's no room for allowing the devil in. You, you don't have time for it. Your pastor don't have time for it. He's got so much work for you to do, it's unbelievable. 
And where do we need to be? We need to be right in the direct will of God. We need to be in the direct protection of God. And especially in the age in which we live. We got new leadership. I call it leadership in the White House now. And uh, it's sad. But listen to me. My God's bigger than the White House. My Bible's more true than any book they've got. Hello? 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this. Don't turn there. That traveler gave, or David gave that traveler his testimony, his life. You know what else is wrong with that? And I'm done here. Hang on. It wasn't his to give. It wasn't his to give. It wasn't his life to give. It wasn't his decision to give. The Bible said, For you're bought with the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're not your own. You have no business giving the traveler what's not his to give, not yours to give. The devil's never satisfied, ladies and gentlemen. He's always out after the child of God. And by the way, if the devil can cause you to forget or pay no serious attention to what God has done in your life up to this point, and including this week, he's already winning. He's already winning. Whatever decision, however small it was, however large you think it was, it doesn't matter. Be accountable. You young ladies, young men, find accountability. Follow through. Said, I, I, I made this decision, preacher, but I, I'm, there's a little weakness here. Things are not... Follow through with it. Do not let your flesh and the devil steal it from you. It doesn't belong to them. And you have no right to give away what God gave you. And I said it earlier. If we were able, we'd be giving away our salvation if we're not careful. But we can't do that. Thank God we can't do that. Amen? But we can't give away our life. We can't give away our testimony if we're not careful. Beware. Beware of the traveler. He's here tonight. Right now, he's walking up and down these aisles. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for your weakness. He is so very, very, very hungry to destroy God's people. He's looking for someone here tonight to feed him. To give him what does not belong to them to give. Will it be you? I hope not. I've been in a lot of meetings over the years, and I've seen God do some great things. Now, I may be totally wrong. I hope Don't tell me if I am. I'll just go to, back to Texas thinking everything, or where I live in Texas thinking everything's all right. But I believe some of you made some major decisions this week. And by the way, if you just say, well, all I did is make a decision to read my Bible, that's a major decision. All I did is make, make a decision to be a better soul winner. That's a major decision. Or how about being a better daughter, better son? Major decision. Better brother, better sister. It's hard for them sisters, isn't it? Amen. Do we love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Seriously, do you love Him? Because if you love Him, you're going to do everything in your power 
physically and spiritually speaking to live for Him, to live separated from this old world, uh, to live separated unto God so that God can use you. And by the way, when you're that busy, the devil's still going to come around. But as you're growing in your faith, God will strengthen you. But when you start to feel like you're getting weak or things are not going well, accountability. You seek your pastor's help, his wife's help, young ladies. You don't let it go and go and go because you're the next casualty if you do. Old folk, we ain't any better. Both the devil can get us old gray heads. You know what that does? That affects my grandkids. That affects my great-grandkids. And I want to be... I, I may have said it this week. I say it all the time, but uh, somebody said, well, when you, we were talking about here a while back, we got all of our burial stuff fixed up, and, you know, when you die, so the kids don't have to deal with it. And, and my wife said, what do you want on your grave? And I said, uh, nothing. I said, I don't need no statue of my dog that died that I still miss. What I want is I want a little plaque on there that says faithful to the end. I want to be faithful to my God to the end. I want to be faithful to my wife to the end. And I do not want to give the devil or the flesh or anything or anybody else an opportunity. I don't want to give the traveler an opportunity to get into my life and destroy that. I want to be like Paul. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, whoo, glory to God, amen? You realize this world in which we live, we could all be gone tonight? How's your life right now? How's your life right now? How's your eternities stand in your own being tonight? The traveler's here. I wrote it down again down here. It said, don't forget the traveler is here right now. Don't be so full of yourself that you don't think you need God. But he's, doing, he's here. He's walking them down. He wants to mess your marriage up. He wants to mess your teenage life up so you don't be, be worth anything down the road. If you are, you'll be damaged goods. Girls, you remember that too. These are nasty kids right here, these boys. Yeah, yeah don't give them your phone number. Yeah, stay away from them. When you get to be like 25, then y'all can start talking. Amen? <laughs> when we walk out of here tonight and go home, the devil's going to follow us to our home. You're going to get home, you're going to turn that TV on. You say, you're one of them preachers. You're just an old fat preacher talking about, I hadn't even been on that tonight. But you get home, you're going to turn it on. And by the way, sometime through the television, through the avenue of the eye gate and the television, things get out of hand. Be careful with that. Beware of the traveler in your life. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org.
May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.